Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, so hi, uh, property magicians. How are you? I almost said wealthy ones. Wealthy ones. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 96 of the Property Magicians podcast. I know I'm looking at me, so she's like, oh my gosh. If you've just joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I am the host of the podcast and I hold, I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can find love with their bank account, increase income and live their best lives. Find me on Wealthy Money on Facebook or find me on all the socials as Vangile Makwakwa. With me is my incredible co-host. Hi there. I'm Dr. Miranda, prop doc mom. I am a property mentor for beginners. I get you from curiosity to fear about property investing to either buying your first property or just being confident in, in the asset class of investing in property. I am Dr. Miranda underscore prop doc mom on IG and find my Facebook page, prop doc mom. Follow me there. We are going to blow your mind today. We're going oh global. Gosh. We're going global. Today's guys. podcast is incredible, guys. Where do we start? So you guys remember Wadi, right? Wadi, she is just this incredible gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Uh, I think we had her in episode 90 or something, and she talked about that like yeah. building a million dollar portfolio for her children using just land in Zimbabwe. And she then introduced Mizo to Tiri and also introduced me to Tiri. Although to be fair, I've never had a conversation to talk to. T- I've never had an in-depth conversation with Tiri with before. Tiri. But he got on this podcast and... <laughs> I don't even know what to say, you guys. Like, I think Mizo should try and unpack this. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we are breathless, literally. So Thierry, Thierry of Carrick, um, Carrick Wealth Management, um, they are a wealth managing um, company. He is based in Zimbabwe, but he helps you set up a global property portfolio and to set up a roadmap a roadmap for your wealth. So I know him because I attended wealth um, wealth creation seminars with Thierry. He would host evening seminars while we were on the lockdown last year and very interesting guys. And he combines exactly what we keep talking about here. There's an emotional side to money and then there's money as in money in financial terms. And I, I had found him so believable, so amazing. And I had a free consultation. He does discovery calls, by the way, as a wealth manager. So he did a discovery call just to see where am I at with my wealth management journey. And he gives you tips and he leaves you alone. You know, you contact him when you contact him, when you are ready. But I just found that for the first time, a financial advisor was not trying to sell me anything. He was just giving me a roadmap. 
and some awareness about how to create wealth, where the pockets of wealth creation and where to find them. So you are about to be blown away. Take a seat, take a piece of paper and get onto the, all the resources that he's just given us because he's amazing. He's a sharer. He is incredible, you guys. And I won't lie, part of why this podcast was very incredible for me is it's extremely relevant. He talks about Personally, yeah. um, how to buy property internationally in such a way that you actually get citizenship and residency in that country and the benefits of being in that country, which, by the way, is like, I don't want to say it's all I care about, but it's right up there with like <laughs> one Which, of my key issues in life. It is. So I just, I am obsessed with this. This is absolutely yeah. incredible. I love this podcast. So guys, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Thierry. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Hi, Tiri. Good to see you again. I am so excited you got here. I am. I am. I am. This a, <laughs> I feel. I feel a bit. Uh, a bit nervous because I'm like, this is such a power, powerhouse group, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I ma- match up. <laughs> <laughs> you are. We are actually not the powerhouses. Our guests are the real powerhouses. We're they just are. like holding the space for you guys to come show your awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my gosh, um, yeah, our 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 guests, our listeners are in for a treat. Um, you and I have spoken on and off, so I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Let's do it. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, where do we start? Let's start by asking you, who are you? How do you define yourself as a human theory and what do you do for a living? Mm. Um, Okay, okay. (laughs) Let's get really deep. Um, I'd say I'm a student of wealth. Um, Mm. I'm constantly, constantly, constantly learning. I'd say I work my, you know, my day job, they'll call me a private wealth manager, wealth specialist with, with Carrick Wealth. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I'm constantly learning, um, trying to also, you know, from my standpoint, everybody's got behavioral tendencies and behavioral biases. I have yeah. my own, uh, people have theirs. And then, you know, when it comes to this wealth journey, it's really trying to, figure out that other person, figure out their behavioral biases, figure out their the things that make them who they are. And also, but find and, and tailor like their wealth journey to their own um, because everybody's different. And you tend to find when people fail on this wealth journey, it's because they're copying somebody else's journey and they're not they're not following what's what's truly there. So you're constantly learning with each and every client of mine. I'm constantly learning. So I'm just a student of wealth. <laughs> I'm based in like You are sitting in a money magic course right now. Like you're <laughs> talking about what we talk about, which is, I mean, we talk a lot about this, about the idea that like, part, like if I do what you're doing, Tiri, I look at you and I'm like, okay, Tiri makes his money by doing A, B, C, D. I'm going to do the same thing. You may find that you execute the same things. I execute the same things and they just don't work for me. But for you, mm-hmm. it just works. 
Like, wow. So you've also seen that as a wealth manager. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. I, I, you know, people get surprised. I'm a wealth manager, but I also have my own uh, wealth manager as well because, you know, you. I also need somebody who helps me overcome my own biases when it comes to my own wealth journey as well. Mm-hmm. Wow, oh my gosh. that is so powerful. What is, that is such a, yeah, I've never heard anyone say that, but student of wealth right that's such a gift yeah yeah i remember attending a session where Diri made us and i identified my own behavior with with money because he was applying Mm. some yeah one of those concepts about that Mm. very important Diri. so Diri, because Mm -hmm. we are a um property podcast Mm-hmm. We love to go all over the place about mm-hmm. property, but let's just start with you. Mm-hmm. When and why did you buy your first property? Do you have a, pri- a, a primary um, home and were you thinking of real estate as a wealth creator at the time when you bought? I know it's a packed question, but there you are. Yeah, so also on paper, I bought my first property when I was very, very young, when I didn't even know what I was doing. Uh, that's okay. mainly because of, of my dad, right? So my, my, okay. my, dad's, my dad's a lawyer, and um, I'm the firstborn, and he was okay. very transparent and honest. Like, I used to go to court, like, <laughs> three years old with my dad. Um, yeah, so so he put the first home that he that we had, it was in a, in a, it was in a trust. So I remember learning about there's something called a trust and, you know, owner of this trust. And my dad telling me, I think I was in grade one, grade two. He's telling me that if something happens, like this is, this is, this is the family property and stuff like that. So, so because of that, everything that I've always done from a property standpoint, I've always done with my, my, with my mom and dad. So, And, and if somebody were to look out there and say, is does is there a property with just Thierry's name? There isn't. Uh, but there's property with with my mom and dad through um, you know, because that was just my 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 birth into property ownership. Um so so that's how we've always we've always done it. And even um with my clients, um, I try to get them to to really look into uh, creating uh, family companies or creating companies that own property um, or even using trusts or international trusts to own property uh, because that was my um, birth or <laughs> beginning into property ownership. Into property. Look yeah. at that. Oh, hey? Wow. And so, you Julie, have... are you saying... Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. So I'm, I'm, I'm just... I have a wow too, like literally we still have people who argue, should I buy the property? Should I buy the property in my name or in a trust or in a company? And here you are, you've just put it to rest. There you are, you've put it to rest. Can I not hear that question again? Thank you for that, Tiri. Yeah, you that by the time you were three, you already owned a property through a trust. Yes, yes. Um, 
joys of being a firstborn. Um, and I remember, you know, I, I in fact, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this since, because my dad's, I guess my dad's my lawyer. Since I was 18, I've been signing a lot of trust stuff. And so I don't know if I'm still in the trust. You know, these lawyers, <laughs> they can sign your way out of the trust. I actually need to, because I'm always signing stuff. <laughs> oh just like, my <laughs> God. <laughs> black person who is a trust fund baby (laughs) (laughs) so wait i don't know i actually need to verify maybe next time i'm on the show i can tell you if i'm still (laughs) in the trust oh my god okay Okay. so that's how you know that you bought your first property or your ownership of property started by belonging in a trust that is great. So you didn't even know that you are in an asset class that yeah. that is a wealth creator or anything like that. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. yeah. So wow. So Thierry, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask before we even go into what you do around mm-hmm. property. How do you think you're seeing your dad? Um, invest in property and observing this from a young age, how do you think it then influenced you as you grew older and then made the decision of where your focus would be in terms of wealth creation with other people? Um, You know, it it definitely made me more uh, cautious um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, um, I don't know if my dad would love me saying this, but he definitely made some mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there were property opportunities that he passed by that um, had he not passed by, um, I'd probably be zooming you from a, from a yacht right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there are also like some properties that, that he went into that definitely end up being, uh, you know, very, very bad financial mistakes. Um, you know, there's, so it definitely made me more cautious. It definitely, um, it's what led me to go into finance. I'm the black sheep of the family. I didn't go into law. Uh, I went into finance. My siblings, uh, went into like accounting or, or, or law. Um, but that was because I, I just wanted to know, cause it always seemed like there were just other people or families that knew something that we didn't. Um, and it just made me curious to see, like, how do people find out this information? So that's what I went to. I did my undergrad in finance. Uh, and then through that, that's sort of like how I got into wealth management and also doing looking at property as an investment. Instead of just looking at property as a, as a residential um, roof over your head kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's 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 interesting because mm. we we hardly hear people who use their degrees in that way. Mm. Um, do you remember making your first um, decision of buying a piece of real estate? Do you remember how that 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 process, that emotional process, was for you? Where you where you in tune and connected to it? Were you scared? Were you, what was the feeling like for you? So I'm actually going through that right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I got married this year. Okay. And, Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. 
and 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 uh, and my wife and I, um, you know, we're looking into buying an an investment property right. uh, together. Um, and I call it investment; she calls it a residential property, because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to look at it from I guess maybe. Uh, from the wealth manager hat, you know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at, okay, is this a growing neighborhood? Uh, what will property prices look like five to 10 years from now? From now. Um, and, and she's more so looking at it as, as you know, as this is where I want to potentially f- start, you know, the next chapter of my life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something where I quickly realized that we also need somebody to actually just be uh, the objective voice between us um so we we've got a property consultant that's also you know just showing us things around and you know giving us uh different information and and also now it's 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 a lot different you know when especially when you've been saving up for a while and now you're Mm -hmm. like okay i'm taking this chunk of money and i'm putting it into this this piece of land and it's and then you start thinking about ah but you know what am i ready is this the time? Should I wait? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in that process right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Thierry, is it in Zimbabwe that you are buying? Because that, that becomes important for a listener that's listening here. They need to know that you, you still can. Is it in yes, Zim? Yes, is it outside? Yeah. It's in Zimbabwe that uh, we want to buy. Okay. That's that's very important. What's the financial process like in Zim? Um, is it a mostly cash buying? Do you have institutions that lend money? What is what is what is the landscape like in terms of financing properties in Zimbabwe? Uh, in terms of financing property right now, it's very difficult. Um, okay. You know, you, you 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 know, there are banks that are offering mortgages, but the rate is like thirteen percent, um, and and Ooh. so that compounds, that compounds very quickly. If especially if you're in somebody in my position where it's a residential property, because you're not thinking about rent and stuff. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so you know, we're we're doing it more so from you. Know, we decided to do it more so as a cash buy to buy. A vacant plot, vacant stand, and then uh, slowly build. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, with you know having a mortgage over your head where you're paying thirteen percent, and you, and you've got no other income coming in to pay for that mortgage except for your uh, current salary, it's yeah, it's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirteen yeah. percent yeah. is steep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is really steep. So, yeah. um, Thierry, this is just one aspect of what you do what we why we're having you on this podcast mm-hmm. right is because you actually work as a wealth manager that helps people purchase properties actual physical tangible properties in yes. various parts of the world can you please yeah. tell us about that yeah yeah so, so I work for carrot wealth um, and we have uh, buy to let properties. Uh, in UK, France, uh, and Mauritius, um, and and we also do um, citizenship uh, by investing, so people can buy properties in like in countries like Portugal or the Caribbean uh, to get like a second passport. Um, so you know, it's 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 um, it's very interesting. Before I came back to to Zimbabwe in 2018. 
Um, I was mostly involved when I said as a, a, you know, in terms of wealth, mostly involved in stocks and, and, you know, ETFs and and mutual funds. And when I came back, I learned Africans really, really love property. Uh, (laughs) We love property. uh, we, We really, really do love property. So I find that, yeah, I do spend, I'd say even 60% of my time talking about property. Um, in fact, most people think I just do property, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, and the way we look at it is, again, we look at it as, a, as, a, as an investment property. And, okay. you know, my, my experience there, going back to behavioral biases, is it's, it's, it's very difficult uh, for somebody who's never invested in property before to look at uh, an investment property very differently as a place they would live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk about UK, I think the biggest criticism any African has about UK is that, oh, the the houses are so small. Small. And, and, yes. <laughs> there's, no, there's no backyard and, and this. But, you know, you're not buying it for you. You know, you're buying it for the market there. So you might be surprised that, yes, it's small for you with our, with our you know, backyards in Johannesburg, Cape Town and, and, and Arare. But for, for them, this is, this is amazing, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now, you know, like, because, you, you know, going back, you're looking at that pro- population demographic. What are people there really looking for? You know, we talk about student housing a lot. If you're doing student rental property in Johannesburg or Cape Town, um, that's also very different to if you're doing student housing in, say, Berlin, student housing in, uh, say, in, in London. Uh, I remember when I lived in Toronto, I lived downtown Toronto, I was living in a condo. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I went to live downtown Toronto paying close to 2,500 US a month rent, not because... <laughs> Not because I wanted to live. I wasn't thinking about my backyard or anything, but I just wanted to be in downtown and, and, and take advantage of being in downtown, right? Yeah. And, you know, you look at London, we, you know, you will have opportunities where we say it's in the financial district, right? Yeah. Why that's important is because people work in finance, they just want to go back home grab something quickly to eat, maybe take a nap and go right back to work, right? Yep. Okay. Um, but Especially so, so, who wants to take the tube in London, you know? You know, exactly. Especially in summer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, and that's, that's the thing. When you look at global property investing, everybody's different, you know? Um, and, and so, like, really taking time to understand that, yes, you might not live there, but mm-hmm. there's probably, like, thousands of other people who are like this is the best opportunity for me and okay. i'll take it yeah okay so Thierry, are you are you saying my normal self my mm-hmm. usual regular self can mm-hmm. build a global portfolio um getting getting some guidance from your company exactly and you mm-hmm. would point out you would point out a regular Joe like myself to mm-hmm. say this is what is being bought and this is this is what works. This is where the rentals are. Yeah. But how how as an African do I buy a property in the UK? My currency is going the other way. It's probably <laughs> 20, it's mm. 21 rents today to the pound. The standing yes. today on the 30th of September 2021. It's crazy. It's gone yes. 15 to the dollar. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. So 
So, so you see, and, and that's where like, um, you know, I always, I get excited and you'll have to keep me on track with. To okay. All right. <laughs> but I get excited when it comes to like helping Africans because it's not just the yeah. RAND. You know, I'm in Zimbabwe. We all know about currency fluctuations. I have right. clients in, in Zambia. Their right. currency has dropped 100% in the last two years and then come back up and it's constantly uh-huh. fluctuating. Uh-huh. So now when you look at hard currencies, when you look at the USD and the pound and the euros, they are hard currencies for whatever reason. That's a different political conversation. But our currencies are the ones that fluctuate against theirs. Yeah. So that if you own a property that's giving you a hard currency rental, you are actually in a better position because technically your rental income is just increasing because increasing. you're making, you know, right? So, so you know, so and then, and then in terms of even how how to get started to answer your question, it's, yeah. What what I like, it's always like a long-term strategy. Maybe it's a 10-year, 15-year strategy because once you have a, a property, say, in, in, in the UK, it's in your name, right? Mm. It's so much easier to get a mortgage on a UK property to then use that mortgage to buy property in another country, maybe even in South Africa, right? Yeah. And it is to use a Zimbabwean property, get a mortgage and buy a property in South Africa or in, or in the UK, right? Understood. Mm. So, it's almost, so it's almost like you're reverse engineering your, your, your wealth and saying, okay, I want a property that I can get a good mortgage. Like, you know, like Africans, we're getting mortgages for, for Southern Africans at a rates of like 3%, 3.5%, 4%. Right. Right. So now if you're getting a mortgage like that and then you find areas where rental income is, is higher than the rate of um, the, the rate of your mortgage in, in, in the UK, you're already in a cash flow positive situation, right? Okay. So okay. so that's so that's how we look at it. We look at it from a wealth management standpoint to say, yes, it's nice to say amongst your families and, and our friends, oh, I got a house in in the UK, but we're, we're actually using it as to say, okay, how long can, how, how fast can we pay this off? The rental incomes, what's our strategy? Okay, once it's paid off, what can we then use this to leverage this to? Okay, so we can use a UK property to buy property um, maybe in, in the US, right? Maybe in North Carolina, maybe in Canada, maybe, maybe in South Africa. So it's not just about oh, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I'm going to buy a property in Manchester. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> My goodness, that is such a this good thing This is so fascinating. Say. Do it tell is, us, what, yeah. is, um, what does a person need to get started buying a property in the UK? Or I know offline you also mentioned Mauritius or any mm-hmm. of these yeah. other countries. So what do you need? Do you need... because in South Africa, you can get the mortgage, right? This is why mm-hmm. most of us yes. buy in South Africa because you can mm-hmm. go to South African bank. But mm-hmm. if you don't have any business in the UK, how do you then get a mortgage for that property? So, so it depends on, on your source of income. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're a salaried 
employee, it's a lot easier. Um, they, the, the UK banks will basically say, if you've got an income that's at least 30,000, um, uh, 25,000 pounds a year, right? Or, um, you, you know, and upwards, they can give you a mortgage, uh, especially for buy to let properties, you know, they're using the strength of the development itself mm-hmm. because oh, these okay. are cash flow positive properties. So the, the tenant is paying for the mortgage and paying for, um, you know, the cost. And they're just basically assessing to say if there's any uh, income disruption in the sense that there's no tenants, can you pay for the uh, for the mortgage itself? And then obviously, depending on the price of the property, you can get um, 50 to 65 percent, uh, mor- uh, you know, mortgages from, from, from banks. Right. Uh, you tend to find people with South African passports do get better rates um, and, and more get more than Zimbabweans, mainly because wow. the rand is a stronger currency um, than, than, than Zimbabweans, um, than the Zimbabwean currency. And then obviously now you also need to have the down payment available. So you oh, need to have the, the savings available. Um, and, and then that's how, it, that's how it's done. Depending on uh, how you want to look at it, um, you know, there is the UK does have a thing called CITUS tax, where you can, uh, where you pay uh, capital gains tax on the price of the property. So if you, if you think you're going to own more, yeah, if you think you're going to own more uh, than one property in the UK, then we do it through a company. We'll set up a UK company for you. You right. can have up to eight people on the company, and then that company then owns the, the the UK property. So then, when you sell, the company capital gains taxes it's, it's a lot lower than a personal uh, tax rate. So yeah, so we look at it that way. Yeah. Okay. So you are saying. You are saying not even being a citizen of either Mauritius or the UK, one can own a property, one can even apply for a mortgage in those countries. Yes, uh, you know, um, Boris Johnson, uh, when he came into power, um, you know, we've just entered, a, we've just left, sorry, a period where UK property prices boomed because last year he actually reduced stamp duty, which is a duty that you pay on property. Right. And if you are a first time home buyer, which basically right. by the definition, if you've never, if you don't have property in your home country, if you don't have property, uh, if you've never bought property and you're buying property in the UK for the first time, the first there was time. potentially five to 10% savings that they were doing um, and, wow. and and the UK government is really, really encouraging the property sector. Mainly uh, there's an undersupply of housing in the UK. They actually okay. need um, no. in, yeah, between 150 to 250,000 new homes a year for the population. So the government itself is really trying to get people to, 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 to own property. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at Mauritius as well, they, they've really, really been, um, working towards becoming like a tax haven country and, you know, become attracting foreign investors. So they even have like, you can buy property to get uh, Mauritian permanent residency. And, and um, you're going to find this, you know, not just the UK right now, that's what we're doing the UK, Mauritius and France, but, because of COVID and all the money governments spend, you're going to find a lot of these governments are going to start encouraging 
uh, foreign investors to own property. So it's, it's, it's an exciting time because the barriers to entry that used to be there for, for Africans, they're slowly going to go away because, you know, yes. So, you know, for anyone listening, you know, you might not be able to afford a property now, but save, you, you know, I, within the next five years, there are going to be so many opportunities to, to own property all around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to become a lot easier. This is the time to, to save towards buying a property. Harry, mm. yeah. so, mm. this is so exciting to actually mm-hmm. hear. Um, I just wanted to go back to what you said about the income, 25,000 to 30,000 pounds. Does the person need to be employed in the UK to um, making that much money? Or can you uh, bring a salary slip from anywhere in the world? A salary slip from anywhere in the world, uh, they'll convert whatever your your currency is. If it equates to to, to that, uh, then that's fine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. This mm-hmm. is so fascinating. It so is. basically what you've said is like, literally, if a South African earns more than 600,000 rand a year, they mm-hmm. qualify to get a home loan in the UK. Yes. This yeah. is insane. This, this, is a, this opens up the market to so many so people. So many things, yeah. So that and being said, what is the first step? Uh, so the first step is to actually go house shopping. <laughs> so so looking into like some of the developments that we have um, and then, you know, then doing the mortgage pre-approval call, right? So mm-hmm. ultimately there's, there's different banks and there's different um, private equity companies that give mortgages to South Africans or Zimbabweans or Africans. Then mm-hmm. so once you've gone and once you've had an idea of like what sort of price ranges and you know what sort of uh, rental income you can expect and if it if it's exciting for you, then you do the mortgage pre-approval call. Uh, they'll tell you how much they 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 will lend to you, what interest rate um, you will get, and the terms. Um, typically, um, you know I tend to find then there's different strategies when it comes to mortgages. You can get an interest-only mortgage, especially if you're going to, you know, if you're looking to sell the property in the future and you just want to capitalize on the growth of the property, then, you know, get the interest-only mortgage because the tenant is paying for it. Or you can do principal plus interest. It all depends on your own financial objectives. Then once you have that uh, mortgage pre-approval, you, you then reserve the, the property because obviously anyone in the world can own the property, not just not just uh, clients. And then uh, that's when the lawyers get involved. So there's a UK solicitor. So we help you get your own personal UK solicitors. They do all the, the searches, the title searches, the conveyancing, and then they act on your on your behalf. On your behalf. Uh, okay. Yeah, some people... Um, probably have global connections so they may choose their own uh, UK lawyers it's, it's completely up to them um, and then from then once uh, once that's um, done uh, that typically takes about 28 days or so um, then you do your you do your deposit now there's off-plan properties and then there's already properties that are properties that exist. <laughs> yes so you know some people opt for off-plan properties some people want properties with tenants, typically off-plan is, is you know, if you're, gives you time to kind of arrange your finances a lot, um, you know, 
better to make your to you know raise enough money in terms of the down payment and stuff. But if you're going for a property that's already done and it's got a tenant, then basically you have the, all the the entire fifty percent or thirty five percent you need to put down, and um, and then you you know send the money through to the developers in in, in the UK uh, and their leasehold property, so you can get there some properties two hundred to to two hundred and fifty year leasehold properties, and then that's yours. Wow. Let me understand something too. Mm-hmm. Um, you started with, you start by shopping for the property. So I'm sitting in Johannesburg right now and I'm interested and there's some money in the bank. I'm interested in doing this. Are you saying through your wealth management company, you would assist with shopping? You would assist with the conveyancing? You would assist with the application for finance? you would assist with tenanting and property management or where does your involvement begin and end? So we do exactly that. Uh, reason being is that, um, you know, anywhere, um, whether you're buying property locally or you're buying property mm-hmm. internationally, there's a lot of property scams out there. Um, and so you need, you need somebody who's done sort of like that due diligence. Yeah. Uh, you know, so for obviously for us, we're leaning on, you know, Carrot Properties Investment Com- Committee to do the due diligence, especially okay. like with off-plan properties, you know, you need to make sure the developer is liquid, you need to make sure, yeah. you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so that's where we, we, we come in, you know, okay. people go on websites like Zoopla and they'll find properties that they can buy, but, you know, you never really know if what, what you're buying is exactly... You know, they always say buyer beware, right? So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so the, so we then help you throughout the process. Wow, do you guys also help for people in the US market? People wanting to buy in the US? Uh, we don't have anything in the US right now. Um, not not yet, but um, it's it's we're always always adding. Like I mean, eight months ago we didn't have anything in France, but now we do, right? Okay. So 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 yeah, we're always always uh, adding. Oh wow! So, so mm-hmm. go ahead, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. I just wanted to follow up with this question to say: so, how many countries do you guys have um, that people can choose from? just so that the listener listening in knows that it's not just the UK or Mauritius, but you have a variety of options. Yeah. So I'd say UK, Mauritius, France, Portugal. Um, we Portugal did have so good. Yeah. <laughs> it so, is, so uh, good. There's so many benefits to owning ex- property in Portugal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, uh, right. We did. We sold out of the German um, opportunity. We did have Germany. Um, and then we also do have like countries like St. Lucia, Grenada, uh, Barbados. Wow. Um, that's more from like people who are just strictly looking to get that residency oh. citizenship um, yeah. route. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that those are the countries we're, we're in mainly. Okay, you spoke about something very interesting, um, uh, Diri, that I had never heard of, mm-hmm. an interest-only mortgage. I yes. don't know what that is. And if someone is listening here, I, I would love to know more about what an interest-only mortgage is. Um, 
as opposed to a full mortgage that we have here? What does Correct. that look like? So an interest-only mortgage basically means, let's say you borrow um, 150,000 pounds, right? Okay. Um, basically, um, what you're obligated to pay, if the interest on that is um, 500 pounds, you're obligated yeah. to pay 500 pounds. So 10 years from now, you'll still just own owe the 150,000 mortgage that's still there. Right. Uh, people who tend to, to go for this mortgage is really basically the strength, the fundamentals of, let's say, the property have to be really strong. You know, the property is mm-hmm. always going to increase, yeah. right? So when you sell it, let's say you bought the property for 300,000 pounds, 10 years from now, the property is worth 400,000. You right. still owe the 150,000. So you, you, you still profit and then you use the proceeds from the sale to pay off the mortgage. The um, yes. And then also, it's also, it's also good for people who are looking to maximize on the income from their rentals. So, okay. so you also want to say, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's for different people in the sense that some, some people are like, especially if you structure it in a way to say, I want to maximize income and say you, you, you get a mortgage for 150,000, you get a life insurance for 150,000 and you live off your rental income and uh, you don't pay off the mortgage because when you pass away, the, your life insurance will just pay hey off the mortgage. That's it. And that's why we get into property, right? You yeah. can actually own without having paid off. There is no rush in, in, in really paying off mortgages. That is exactly. so, that, yeah, that is such an important thing to raise. Are the cash money lenders as well? If you wanted to buy that same property for 150 pounds, someone that can borrow you 150 pounds, and what are the interest um interest uh, rates like? Mm-hmm. Uh currently I've um not not that I know of. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I know of, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Thierry, mm-hmm. can you give us an example of what rents can buy you in the UK? Thank so, if there's you. someone um, here that's listening in and probably has 500,000 rands stashed away somewhere, mm-hmm. a quarter of a million rand, what can they do with that money? And they are earning what you have just said around probably more than even 30,000 pounds a year. What can that be then? All right. So I have to quickly calculate what 500,000 rands is. uh, Oh, that's about 20. Divided by 20. No, I lie. 24. Divided by 20, that's 24. Yeah, I don't know. 24. So... Yeah, so definitely now that now, you know, at 500,000 rands, it depends on the strength of your of your application, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you could basically say, you know, that's that's 35% uh, down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so basically, you can then buy a property, if I just quickly do uh, the math here, uh, if we say 25,000. Yeah, so then you can buy a property, studio apartments. Now, this is where the exciting thing about the UK because it's a small island, but you know, uh, obviously London, that would be too little for you to buy property in oh, London. Wow. Yeah, but then there's there's other cities like uh, Preston, Leeds, 
um, Sheffield, Nottingham. And what's exciting about London is these are university towns, right? Um, Leeds University is a big is a big uh, university, um, you know, Portsmouth, you know, these these sort of areas now. And now you're now entering more so the studio uh, rental uh, space. Um, and the nice thing about about students is that every year there's an influx of, of students. So your apartment, it's a lot easier to 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 tenant, to tenant studio apartments than say, you know, say in Birmingham, which is a largest city, and you're targeting middle-income families. And for them, they're comparing your property to maybe a home, right? Or or something closer to work, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it all it all depends. It all depends on, but there's always options. The UK is almost like the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So are you saying then? There are different classes of property, right? We we will we will just um, we won't mention London on this mm-hmm. call for, for, for <laughs> just other purposes. Um, so your company would be the one that indicates that this is a class B, C, or this is a class that we we normally invest in that mm-hmm. yields the highest rates. You would you would guide that that choice of of, of apartment. So exactly. what did you say again? What was your answer then? With my half a million rent, what could I buy? What what would a twenty five thousand pounds uh, get me? Um, yeah, you could get a good student rental uh, apartment okay. or studio studio apartment, depending on the city and depending mm-hmm. on availability. You do tend to find those tend to be the most competitive ones okay. um, because it's not just. Um, uh, you know, me and you are looking at these properties. Banks are looking at these properties as well. Of course. You know, so you're competing with uh, <laughs> with institutional investors for these properties. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is okay. this is really interesting. Um, yeah. and, are, and are there any tax implications for for people who are buying in um, buying from, say, South Africa or Zimbabwe? into the UK? What are some of the tax implications that they should be aware of? And are there different tax implications when you do set up a company in the UK, like you suggested? Yes. So, so obviously through a company, it's, it's more favorable in terms of, um, you know, I- income, but with rental, because rental income tends to be taxed as, as regular income. Yeah. Um, but in the UK, it depends how much rental income you're, you're, you're getting, right? Um, so, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a good question and it's complicated to answer because it also depends on, you know, what is your global income based on in terms of rental okay. income as well. Um, but typically, if you're earning less than £25,000 a year rental income, it's, it's not really an, an issue, right? Um, and then uh, what was the second part of your question? Sorry, Vangula. Oh, I was actually, the second part was about the company. What are the tax implications if you buy through a company? Are you, so if I'm South African and I set up a UK company just for property, am I beholden to pay tax in say South Africa or if I'm Zimbabwean, do I, what are those tax implications? Do I pay taxes in both countries? How does that work? 
Yeah, you would you would pay taxes in in the UK, um, and um, you currently in Zimbabwe you wouldn't have any because we use source based tax, um, so you wouldn't be paying any taxes to 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 Zim. Uh, but South Africa, your your taxes are a lot more complicated than than everywhere else. So when it, I'd say it's, it depends per individual, and that's why you'd want to have at least a sit down, and then shop first, and then we look at your overall uh, financial portfolio to then make sure what we're recommending uh, to you is not putting you in a, in a bit of a very precarious tax situation. Mm, I generally mm. I, I like yeah. the fact that I like well, that you guys are looking at the individual. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I am very aware that lots of South Africans, lots of fluid South Africans who have got money, they do they are moving their monies um, globally, right? Mm-hmm. They tend to invest offshore. The instability of the riots last month. And, and everything else that COVID has contributed to mm-hmm. has caused them to look at their portfolios differently. So I know that there are companies here that specifically mm-hmm. only do wealth management um, for, for the one person who wants to be a global citizen or to own mm-hmm. a global portfolio. So there are particular specialized wealth management companies that do that. Mm-hmm. So one would have to look at that. Mm. We are talking about wealth. Mm. <laughs> it's good. So I, love I really love it. I really love it. We we are up in this game of you. You came from being your town township uh, property preneur, and suddenly you have you are fluid with cash, and suddenly you are looking up and thinking mm, beyond the township. Mm? What mm-hmm. else can I buy? So mm-hmm. I, I really like what we are doing on this podcast. Siri, when you started, we spoke about, yes, you can almost reverse engineer your put, your, 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 your yeah, property portfolio, right? Yeah. But then you mentioned another way of doing it. You are saying we can buy properties for citizenship. Can you mm-hmm. just unpack that? A little bit more. What do you mean? Most most Africans don't even want to leave their African countries. But then, let's let's talk to someone who wants to be a global citizen. What do you mean by buying because you are buying citizenship? I love yeah. this question, Misa, and especially unpack Portugal, please, Tiri, because I, I am. It is top of my list. I'm I know it's warm. I I think I you know I think there's actually a lot more South Africans with Portuguese uh, residency than you know people can can believe because yeah. the Portuguese program has been very popular with South Africans in the I know. last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. and, and and you know it's in this the beauty of it you know there's different programs that state that you know you have to then move to that country and live there for a certain amount of time but then there are these programs where maybe you just have to visit for like a week two weeks Mm -hmm. right um and and you maintain your residency and also you've got property and a a growing economy um and what what's nice about this especially you know when 
from a wealth managed perspective, and it's something that my wife and I are talking about right now. Mm-hmm. If you are going to send your children abroad, you know, international school fees is expensive, eh? <laughs> it's, it's so expensive. So sometimes maybe just giving your family a second residency from a financial perspective in the future, it'll pay, it'll pay, um, it'll pay more dividends. You know, I went to Canada, but I paid international school fees. And I remember going there and realizing that some of my friends were already Canadian. So they were paying less than half than what I was paying. So I was, you know, so, and then, so basically when we look at it as, okay, based on your lifestyle, what's, what's a good residency program for you? Maybe you don't want to, you know, it's, it's, you know, as Africans, we're spoiled with good weather. So, you know, (laughs) going to a country with snow and cold and all this kind of stuff, like we don't want. So maybe, and also uh, we're we're very communal. So people want to take care of their families. They don't want to be away from, you know, the extended families and stuff. So we find a residency program that suits you and your family's needs. And then it also opens you up, you know, like there's the Grenada, the Grenada program where you can do that and then you can then apply for a U.S. Uh, visa that allows you to own businesses in the U.S. as an example. So now you've used your Grenadian citizenship to own, to start doing business in, in, in the U.S. and then you've got visa-free travel for, for X amount of countries, you know. So it's especially now, you know, I think COVID really opened people's eyes. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, I had clients whose children were stuck in particular countries, right? And mm-hmm. they couldn't go to them and the children couldn't come back home. home. But, you know, but then if you've got, you know, this global citizenship and, you know, you can freely move, right? Uh, you know, we had Canadians in Zimbabwe where the, the embassy was literally, you know, telling them, hey, if you want to go back to Canada, we'll help you organize a trip back to Canada, you know? Okay. So, so, so it's really, and the world's changed, you know, I think the biggest thing what COVID showed us is that, you know, people are being affected, people lost jobs, people lost loved ones from a disease that didn't even originate in their country. Yeah. Right. So, so just being inward and just focusing on where you are, it's, it's, the world is not even really giving you that, that luxury anymore. I think that sort of comfort zone is, it's, 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 it's gone you know, yeah. so we all have to sort of think about be a little bit more global minded. I mean, if you own a smartphone, nine out to nine nine out of ten times it's not being made in your country. So, <laughs> so we also have to think like that. Wow, Thierry, you came into my life at the right time. I'm not even joking when I say like I've been looking at various citizenship options like <laughs> Miso knows because like I mean as someone who doesn't live in South Africa I'm constantly battling visa things yeah. like trying to figure out where to yeah. own property how to maneuver the system I've done this for like 15 years and at some point I think last year I think maybe actually no it was before last year I was like I was already thinking the needs I need to start thinking about how do you have visas and passports in countries, especially when you don't spend, when I literally only spend less than six months every two years or so in South Africa. In South Africa. Really? So, we, so yeah. I love that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I do too. Um, and I love it. I actually didn't know about the Grenada program. Yeah. So this yeah. is so, so fascinating to me. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I really feel like it creates the opportunity. Listen to how, for me, it translates. Um, so COVID hits and suddenly we do hybrid schooling. So whenever there's a wave, the kids go back on online schooling and we are sitting at home. And then we go back to physical schooling. And now sports has opened in less than two weeks. We've been able to do contact sports and, and, and dance in groups and stuff. So this creates an opportunity to, and you are talking about school fees and the, and the advantage of having a second citizenship, which is, Mostly, you know, South Africans, or oh, let me sort of speak about black, black people. Most black mm -hmm. people don't travel in that way. They don't think of themselves as this is just another opportunity for educating your child, giving them global advantage, giving them global access to education. And mm -hmm. sometimes this property, creating a global property portfolio just translates into their education. Yes, yes. it is well. And it is generational wealth to give your children education and to expose mm -hmm. them globally. So this conversation is like it's beyond, gold, beyond eh? just, it is gold. It is gold. Yeah. And when you think, when are you never go anywhere? Just think again, these kids, if we leave them some legacy that says mm -hmm. you can go anywhere, my child, you've got a choice to stay, but you've mm -hmm. got a choice to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If you need to be right. This is mm. this is going you know, to Miranda, you, you, you literally I, just, sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, you, you know, you literally just said, um, you know, when you talk about financial freedom, people always think financial freedom is, you know, when you've retired or you know, when you've reached a particular, yeah. but freedom is just choice, right? You've yeah. got right. the choice, yes. and and and, that, and that's what I try to, you know, as as when I say I'm a student of wealth. Every all of us, we just want different choices. Like I'm, I'll yeah. never tell somebody to to say that um, you know you need to do this, and then your portfolio should look like this. And what, but you just want the choice to say that if I decide to 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 for the next chapter of my life to do something different, I can. And I think mm -hmm. especially for 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 Black Africans, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we we we've got less than. Can I even say 30 years of even choices? I mean, for South Africans, for you guys, it's a lot less, right? No. Uh, but there are certain things where that they were just not afforded for, for Black Africans. And mm. now um, we, we're starting to have more options and more choices. And that's that's what wealth is for me. That's that's financial freedom. I could be, you could be 40 still working for, for a company, you've got a boss and whatever, but Hey man, if, if the boss gets on your nerves, you've got the choice to say, you know what, I'm over this. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving. And I, exactly. I love what you've just said, right? Because yeah. and also what you said about education, you and Mizo. When I was in Sri Lanka, so my former landlord in Sri Lanka, Mizo I was thinking about him. Story. Oh my gosh. He would sit down with him and he would take me around and we'd view his properties and we'd sit and chat. And then mm -hmm. that's where I learned from his circle that actually yeah. they own properties in the UK they kids come to Sri Lanka they like come they live in Sri Lanka they get they study in Sri Lanka for primary school and then uh, high school but then the last two years of high school they go to the UK because they own properties and they are residents of the UK they mm -hmm. then enter university and pay a quarter 
of the fees of what other international students pay because they are considered UK residents or citizens. So they're very strategic in how like they have children. So these people are already wealthy, right? Mm -hmm. In their own home countries. They go, they have property portfolios in the UK and then they work within the law so that their children don't have to pay the same amount of fees as other international students. Mm-hmm. So this is literally how the wealthy think. So mm-hmm. I was saying to Mizo when I came back, like one day I was like, oh my gosh, Mizo, can you believe it? They can afford to pay those fees, but they're not going to because they're already residents and this is the law. I had no clue that was the law in the UK. That mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And we had another wealth um, wealth um, wealth conversation with Jovi Chen. I can't remember sixty something mm. episode sixty something. It was exactly this. Just talk to us a little about Mauritius. What what makes Mauritius attractive again? There was something that you said <laughs> there. It was so packed. But I really want us to to see this picture because Van mm. likes warm warm climate. She will just go to Mauritius because it's warm, but there might be other packed up uh, little Oh, no, packages. I'm going to Mauritius because, <laughs> get this, if you're South African guys, let me let me hook you people up, right? I found out that if you have Mauritian residency and you're yeah. South African, you do not have to pay South African taxes if you no, you don't. a resident of Mauritius. This is why I am going for my, uh, why I want to be a resident of Mauritius. Plain and simple, you know, Portugal is for, uh, is because of the um, visa issue and the passport, but Mauritius is almost so much more attractive because of the tax issue. Mm -hmm. So let's talk Mauritius. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, let's talk kind of pre-COVID, right? Because right Mm -hmm. now the idea of traveling is, is, it's all, it sounds impossible, but you know, Mauritius was, you know, I know South Africans who, you know, they work in South Africa, but they live in Mauritius, right? Mm -hmm. They can fly over, they can, they can, you know, because it's, it's, the proximity is, is, is very close. And with it, you know, getting that tax haven status, right? It now opens you up to a lot of global opportunities, whilst you're based here in in, in, in Africa, right? Because ultimately, you know, what every country uh, wants is to say that you can invest in our country and, you know, you'll get good returns and, you know, you can get your money out, ETC. So you can be South African, Zimbabwean, use your uh, Mauritian residency to, to really just build your business, your family business, right? You could be doing anything. You could be doing logistics, right? And because you've got that Mauritian property, Mauritian residency, you are probably getting contracts. You're competing for, you know, British contracts or American contracts. That would have been, you know? And then also because of that, like, um, obviously everything is going to plateau eventually, but because of this, you know, Mauritian become a tax residency country. In the last five years, if you look at residential property prices, you know, certain cities, they've more than doubled in, in, in a space of less than a year, right? Because a lot of people are going in. So just as, as an investment, you know, each market has got a property cycle. And I think Mauritius, you know, it's going up, it's going to peak eventually. But right now, you can go in and potentially make quite good profits in, in, a, in a shorter space of time. 
Oh, wow. That is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and what? Guess... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Lisa, you can go. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking um, Mauritian currency, it's probably the only ta- the, the, the only reason I'm, 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 I'm interested is because <laughs> there is at least one currency where the rent uh, has got an advantage. We are times five of, of the rupee, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing, you know, you know, you want to do like a currency play. Uh for myself, um, you know, for people I know I've spoken of out of Africa opportunities quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we don't do this in a carrick, but I've I've been paying attention to the uh, to the Ghana property market. Okay. Uh, it's something it's something I'm paying attention to because especially mm-hmm. like Accra, the level mm-hmm. of uh, development um okay. and infrastructure that's going there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm paying very, very close attention to it because I think for me personally, I think it's right at the precipice of potentially becoming a boom, uh, really a, a good property boom. Mm, um, yeah. So, and so, yeah, so, you know, Ghana, I'm looking at it, paying attention to it very closely. Um, mm-hmm. Zambia, you know, there's a lot of optimism right now. So I'm also paying attention to it. Um, you know, um, you tend to find, depending on which country you are, you also want to, you know, sometimes you can say I'm South African, but that doesn't mean you should buy property in Zim because our, uh, economies are very similar, you know, like mm. I'd say Zimbabwe economy is 52% dependent on the South African economy. So mm. even though you might be buying a Zimbabwe and buying outside your country, maybe in the overall picture, you, you haven't really diversified enough. Yeah. So I'm, um, you know, depending on where you are, and you know, you've got listeners all over the world. You know, I think Ghana, Ghana is definitely a country to, to look country out to look at. I follow two groups, mm-hmm. two two clubhouse groups that have yeah. long chats, and and they they happen late at night. That's the only yeah. problem. But Ghana is developing at a rate like, and they they are very committed to their chats on 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 clubhouse. They mm-hmm. exchange ideas, they exchange development ideas, they exchange how to find equity. And somehow there's lots of interest of international investors in Ghana. Yes. You are absolutely right. Oh my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rental income seem good as well. Um, it, it is. Their currency is very volatile as they speak. But whenever they speak, they speak in terms of dollars. So when wherever you are on the African continent, you have an advantage of a dollar-based rental. And they mm-hmm. pay rentals like 12 months in advance. That is crazy, right? Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Mm. Where else can we go, Tiri? You've given us so much. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, I, I think I think needless yeah. to say, I think that the, the overarching theme and even listening to your previous episodes is, you know, um, there's so much knowledge out there, lots yeah. of free knowledge out there and lots of people who are, who are just passionate about about, you know, what, what we do. And I try to host uh, every time I've got a gap in my schedule to host like, like, like seminars and, you know, I've done like guides to real estate investing and international real estate investing. But I, I think as, as, as Africans, the biggest thing I can say we can do is we've got the opportunity to say our children will be like the Jewish families of, of old. If we really band together and, 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 and create powerhouses, you know, like 
I try to encourage even my mom's friends, you know, in Africa, stock vows are very popular, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of these stock vows, the amount of money that's in them, I'm like, you know what, you could, you could start, you could start a private equity firm and start We could. Mortgage, we know? could. <laughs> oh, trust me, Jiri, we are on it. We see it. You know? It's in the pipeline. Jiri, yeah. in 2017, by the way. Yeah. We have a stock fail, guys. We, we're going to yeah. announce officially nicely. In 2016 or 2017, the banking sector did a, a whole research thing in South Africa only. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. stock fell in South Africa held something like 4 billion, 4 billion, get this, 4 billion rents, even yes. in dollar or uh, British sterling terms, it mm-hmm. is significant amount of money. Problem mm-hmm. is, they are so informal, they can't get into businesses and everyone wants to sell us some product that mm-hmm. they understand, but that our people didn't understand. So mm-hmm. most stock fails just go, nope, this is yeah. what we do. We collect, collect, and then in, in December, we divide amongst ourselves and yes. we carry on. And that's why these conversations need to be normalized among yeah. Black people around the bonfire where we sit mm-hmm. at, at, at a Brian by not mm-hmm. in some in some conference room because then Africans don't understand what we're talking about mm-hmm. right if we mm-hmm. are taught how to convert the eight the four billion into eight billion by buying property elsewhere and getting rental in sterling or in dollar mm-hmm. we we're normalizing these conversations right here. And this is why this podcast exists, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I commend you because you know yeah. what, uh, as, a, as a black male, I'm jealous of some of these female stock vows because, you know, I, every time I, sometimes I, I hear conversations and they tell me how much they're contributing. And I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> no, ours is just a wealthy stock fell, wealthy one stock fell, and mm-hmm. um, males are welcome most welcome because mm-hmm. also you've got a different appetite you've got a mm-hmm. different buying bias theory from mm-hmm. us we we tend to be very risk averse as females mm-hmm. not because we don't know money but you're thinking if i lose this little mm-hmm. no one else is going to come to save me but males mm-hmm. have got a bolder even when they don't know or they mm-hmm. don't have a plan they are just bolder right and mm-hmm. i think that's why we need the mix of males and females in our stock fails it shouldn't mm. be a female yeah. stock fail mm. and, and you know what you touched and uh, uh you touched on something you know being risk averse doesn't mean you shouldn't invest being risk averse just means you should take time to get enough knowledge until you can make an educated decision Thank you. you know <laughs> and, and and you know i think um, I'm a lot less patient because when I came back to Zimbabwe, everybody say I'm I'm risk averse, risk averse, risk averse, and I try to be like, no, no, you know. But now I just tell people point blank, period. Being risk adverse just means you need to take time to educate yourself till you're comfortable enough. There are low risk investments that, that you know people who are investing. Not everybody's investing into some some high risk thing, you know, and especially yeah. for stock falls. There's power in numbers, you know. You can, hey, you, I honestly think African women, if 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 you band together, it will be we'll all you'll be controlling the world very very soon, very very soon. Thank you, Tiri. <laughs> I we agree take with it that. Boss this is why we have the stuff out. We figured it out. Trust me. <laughs> there is so much because. 
The truth is that African women, there is this myth that says that African women overspend and we just take money and spend money willy-nilly. Mm. That is not true. If you look at what African women have done with the little opportunities that they were given, the way they've educated their children, etc., what I see is a people that is really great at saving. But yeah. the thing is, the difference is we haven't been at the table where wealth creation is being discussed. discussed. So now we're yeah. having these discussions. Can you imagine when you take our savings philosophy and then implement expansion, mm-hmm. the idea of increasing income and investing mm-hmm. into this uh, same philosophy, what's going to happen? Because mm-hmm. that's why, like, I mean, The stock files were saving, saving, and then they distribute in December, right? Because what do we know? We know saving, and then like, this is a conversation that we're having, like spend for Christmas. But now as the conversation is changing, all that money, all those billions can now go into investing and creating economies. How powerful is that? Yeah, I mean, talking about 4 billion rands, like, oh my... (laughs) Hey, if you gave me four billion rands, my goodness. <laughs> I can't be, right? You know, there are taxi drivers, taxi mm-hmm. drivers theory, who mm-hmm. have got a stock fail mm-hmm. that they contribute. And I was told this by a safety officer. I used to work mm-hmm. for Sasol, an oil and gas company. Mm-hmm. And this this safety, uh, this safety officer, you know, safety officer, he checks mm-hmm. the plugs and he checks the, if the, everything is working and which mm-hmm. door and which step has got a grip mm-hmm. and whatever. And he joined a group of taxi drivers purely by mistake because mm-hmm. he needed money. And he had a taxi driver friend and the taxi driver friend said, no, I don't have 10,000 for you, but I, I'm going to have 100,000 next week. Why don't you borrow my whole 100,000 and pay off that bond and stop having issues about a bond that's not paid? Wow. And he was like, what do you mean? And he says, as taxi drivers, we have got a stock fail. That's a fortnightly stock fail. We contribute wow. 10,000, right? So at a pop, and there's 10 of us, at a pop, you can get 100,000. And that's how we have built and own our houses. Whenever wow. I know that there's a big ticket item or I want to finance my, my next car or next taxi, that's all I do. I plan wow. for the fortnightly. Now, this is a safety officer. And I'm like, so where do you get 10,000? He says, ah, doctor, right? Ah, mm-hmm. doctor, you'll find 10,000. When you and when you know that when you know that every third month or somewhere around there, every 10 weeks there is a hundred thousand coming to you, how soon can you pay off the bond? He had a house in Proteat land that was paid up. Wow. I think about it all the time and I'm sitting wow. here, I'm like, yeah, and the middle class is taught to remain in debt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. taxi drivers, most of them, how far have they gone to school? Mm, but wow. they have figured out that the bulk amounts of money can buy certain things. Imagine these guys, if you were to talk to them, you are getting uh, wealth, uh, wealth with creators and mm-hmm. they, they own properties. Wouldn't they buy a property every quarter theory in the wow. UK? Wow. Yes. Wow. This, and this is what, this is exactly this it. blows you my know. mind. It's exactly yeah. it. You, you know, the, the cliche thing, you're richer than you think it's, 
Yeah, it excites me, but it also infuriates me sometimes. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but guys, the truth is that our ancestors knew. Like, Stockfelds are a very, very African thing. This is how we have built wealth over time. Right? And I think that going back to this, because it's a thing that I don't, when I go to the village, if any of us go to an African village right now and say, we are studying a Stockfeld, this is what the Stockfeld is going to do. Mm-hmm. We have, we explain this in five minutes. You I know. Don't say you start talking Unitrust, ETFs. <laughs> I you know. The whole day. Then yeah. our people walk away and go, oh no, this means I will never build wealth. But we just simplify it and we say, stock file, five minutes, you get a buy-in, people are in. Very few questions asked. We all understand how this thing works, the rules, everything. Done, done, done. Yeah, but in one page. We keep, we keep mm. going to the Western way and we overcomplicate yeah. things because, yeah. really, honestly, if you think about it, what is the difference between a private equity company and a stock file that just funds small businesses? What is the difference? Uh, what is the difference? In name only. But yeah. if you go to our people and you tell them private equity, venture capitalism, oh my gosh. But if you go, guys, start a stock file and find each other's businesses. Hi, Bob. Everyone listening to this, my mother knows what that means. My grandmothers would have known what that means. I know. My grandmother, my grandmother, uh, so she ran the block, um, the blocks, um, funeral, burial society, little thing, right? The whole block of numbers that started with 64 something, something in her township in Diplo they would collect if somebody passes away three three houses away uh, everybody knows they bring their 30 rents every family brings 30 rents here we bury we're done everybody got a dignified funeral now they are formalized there are 13 page documents and you sign here sign here and 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 right we've always had this and if we can change it into wealth creating mechanisms instead of buying super super duper coffins then we we know what we talk about Siri, yeah. we united us <laughs> within our genes and within our genetics the thing that trips yeah. us up is that english is not our mother tongue right mm, yeah. and then we're trying to explain these things that are so ingrained within us yeah. with these fancy terms and using all these long long documents no stock files i love stock files in fact you know I was brought up on a stock file. Most of us we were. Are. You know, mm-hmm. so can we just then start to use this as the vehicle that funds us for so many things? Now, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see and hear your stock though when it comes up because, hey, like, yeah, you know, uh, as Africans, we were so powerful, man. And, 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 and we are. We, we just, we, we are. Uh, yeah. But now nah, I'll, I'll digress. I don't want to... This will turn into a therapy session. <laughs> oh, we love this. We love this. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. This has been such an awesome. I don't know about you, Van, but yeah, this this is a takeover. So cool. This is a total overhaul of, of where we are all going. Thank you so mm. much, Thierry, for this. I'm oh, cool. thank you, Thierry. This was amazing. <laughs> so let's move on to the next segment, guys. <laughs> On to the next segment of our show, Magical Feedback from our hosts. 
where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Okay, so now we're doing magical feedback. Whoa, how <laughs> exciting is this? Okay, so Misa, start us off. <laughs> where am I going to start? Can I just say the whole podcast is a is my takeaway. <laughs> can I just you can, because I think we all feel that way. We all feel you. <laughs> oh my God. I hope you are all blown away uh, by what Thierry has given us here. So um, here's my takeaway that I found is that um, housing and student, re- student rentals in cities in the UK and in Berlin, where there are lots of universities, forget London for a bit, right? Um, is one of those asset classes that you don't think about when you are sitting in South Africa and you are looking to expand your property portfolio and all you think about is where else do I buy in the nine provinces? Mm -hmm. You've got a new province. The the province that you've got is the world. Mm -hmm. The province that you have actually is the world. Student accommodation beyond South Africa, where else? Mm -hmm. And what, what it does is that you are attracting your rental in pounds. And Global euros. Global citizenship. I love, love, love this. Yeah. Okay, so um whew. okay, my so wife. my so my takeaway is what Thierry said, which is what I keep hopping on and on about, is that It doesn't matter if someone is telling you the practical stuff and they say, go do this, go implement. I can go and see what Miso is doing and go do exactly what Miso is doing in the exact same way. And it will not come out the same way for me, you know? And I think this is so, there's so many reasons for that, right? And he talks about our biases. He talks about our emotional state, All these things impact our financial behavior. So then again, this is why we also stress like working with what feels right for you and what works for you, even with a property strategy. Because trust me, I've tried other strategies. I have too. And it doesn't always work. Like you do it the exact way, even in business, even in entrepreneurship. You do exactly what you are taught and you follow all the rules and it just doesn't come doesn't to work. Yeah. It doesn't come together in the same way. Yeah. And yeah, because we've got our own buying biases or our mm. own investing biases. You know, I come naturally as a conservative or I come right naturally as risk averse. Yeah. So let me go on to my second one. Um He says, being risk averse does not mean not to invest. Just take time to educate yourself. Get curious and hone in. Read more, get the knowledge so that even when you are risk averse, you are still investing in products that keep you safe for your personality and for your investing buyers, right? Mm -hmm. So just being risk averse and saving is not going to make you wealthy. Be risk averse, but get conscious about the knowledge that you need for conservative products that you can invest in and know a little bit more Mm -hmm. and just keep going, invest. I love what you've just said, Misa. This is 
so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next takeaway is just how easy it is to get into the UK market if you yeah. know the right people. Right. Into the Grenada market, into all these other markets. And in many ways, it sounds a lot simpler than even the South African market. I know. You know, you're required to have way less to, in terms of like earning 600,000 rand a year can get you a property in the UK. In South Africa, you need to earn so much more. More. Right? So it's just that, and actually, if we hadn't talked to Thierry, I didn't, I wouldn't have known how easy you know I'd have always thought it is so much harder than it really is so this is just so so powerful I'm really I'm super excited about the opportunities I am I'm super excited about what our podcast is able to create and -hmm. you can imagine what it does then I keep talking about my my why you know Mm -hmm. my why of wealth creation has to do is totally linked to the type of education I want to give to my daughter. And you're talking about that. Building wealth beyond just having your money in in, in one country, you are buying the freedom of choice, freedom of choice Mm -hmm. of education, freedom of choice of residency, freedom of having your wealth all over the place in different currencies. So this podcast has just opened another avenue that I hadn't thought of mm-hmm. in that way that it gives you school school fees advantage mm. when you've got a second residency in a country where your your children can go to. So <gasps> this is yeah. Wow. This is beyond just 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 wealth creation. This is beyond just building a property portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My my last takeaway is also just what we keep talking about here, that again, even in these foreign countries, it is so much easier to buy property under a company. So you don't have to just be an individual buying property. And that just like there are tax benefits here in buying a yeah. property under a company, but setting up a company in other countries, they are also tax benefits. Like I know having lived in the UK and in the US, especially in the US, like I would walk into, guys, you know how many companies I've set up and scrapped in the UK? I know. I mean, in the US. Like I think I've set up like three, four companies. Like I'd wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to Bank of America to set up a company. And instantly you get a company tax number, everything, and it takes you like 30 minutes. So yeah. it is so, so simple. Like I literally would walk out in 30 minutes with a bank account and a company. So we just wake up and decide, oh, today I'm setting up a company so that I can get a credit card or whatever. It is so, so much simple. easier than we even give ourselves, than we can even imagine. So it doesn't yeah. have to be a train smash. So Mm-mm. there are so many ways that you can um, set up companies and start doing business and owning properties. I didn't know about the property ownership. I always just knew it was easy to set up companies. But now that I know it's so easy to set up properties, yeah, no, I'm I'm down. Like this changes the game. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. Property magicians, we hope you have your own feedback, um, magical feedback, and we'd love to hear from you. And do get in touch with Thierry if this is something that has enticed you and you are looking forward to it. 
it's been an incredible game changer. It has been. Now on to the next segment. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, so property magicians, we are at magical expansion talking um, to Thierry and I'm going to have Misa start us off on her favorite question. My favorite question, Thierry, is what book changed your life? It can be a business book, real estate book, development book, whatever book. Giving me a fable story is good. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, the Wealthy Barber uh, is, is, is a book that, 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 that changed uh, my life. I actually uh, gave it to, to my dad. Um, okay. But, you know, the guy who wrote The Wealthy Barber... Uh, uh-huh is actually, he actually helped change the wealth management um, landscape right. of, uh, of, of, of Canada. In fact, I think the licensing exam for even giving, becoming an inv- investment advisor in Canada, David, David uh, Chilton, I think he's the one who, wrote, who started it in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just an easy to digest um, cool. book and it gets you to think, really that, you know, there's more to this wealth thing than we know. But once you know it, it's simple, right? It's just a series of disciplines and sacrifice and applied knowledge, and then you can get there. Mm. Also, I just want to say, for me, I feel like it's simple because I just hire people like you. I, <laughs> I, this is not a big secret. I talk about mm-hmm. it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> is that like, this is my biggest shortcut. So as I'm listening to you, I'm like, Thierry, you're going to be on my team. Just <laughs> <laughs> what keeps you inspired, Thierry? Uh, my family, my family, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, my mom, my mom, when I, when I went into finance and, and, you know, I remember telling her that I've got my first client, she challenged me to, to say, you know, be the kind of advisor that you wish that your parents would have had, you know, uh, it's no secret. It's no secret. Zimbabweans have, have, have gone through a lot and, you know, I, I won't lie, you know, like dealing, I, I'm a very, my job is really people facing, right? And dealing with people. So sometimes, sometimes just like any job where you're dealing with people, you, you get worn down, you feel tired. Um, but I always feel like, okay, what if the next person I speak to could, is like my parents, right? Um, what if, what if, you know, who wants to get a tired advisor, that kind of thing. So I always think, and, and you never know, you know, sounds mushy, but you know, you might give somebody knowledge, they might not be able to be in a position to do anything about it, but they may pass on that knowledge to somebody else and you never know what that's going to do in terms of changing people. So that's what I always try to go back to. So even when I do oh like my, God. My, my morning meditation to kind of be like, okay, you know, a new day, this I'm, is just what, like, yeah. I'm just like, maybe, maybe I might just plant the seeds for somebody or someone for else. Somebody. Yeah. Well, I can, I can, I, I can attest that you have you have you did a serial a series of 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 well creation talks and mm-hmm. I mean from the very first time I heard your voice we did this, those behavior biases and 
you know, I have done all sorts of finding out about money. I've been on the journey for a very, very long time. You not only sound believable, but it's easier for me to digest hearing it from another brown person mm. because, you know, there are lots of my friends who are white and they will tell me all sorts of things about investing, but they, they don't know where I come from. So they like, ah, it's easy, Miranda, you can do this. You can do that. Mm. But when you hear it from a brother, it just sounds different because he knows where I come from he knows my struggles and when I say you know I had to give my mother and then my niece so much and the, you start from there you start with my history so mm -hmm. that I know I, I, I know what you mean and I have got a big bone to chew mm -hmm. about financial advisors mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an open secret everyone here has had me <laughs> rant and rave yeah. about them and I don't know who, who drills them and tells them to sell a product rather than mm -hmm. to give knowledge so that I can make a choice. And mm -hmm. all I came up, I came through while I was younger were financial advisors who were busy by selling a product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, then um, a few weeks or maybe two months ago, Thierry organized an appointment with me just yeah. to tell me exactly what he has gone through on the on on, on the podcast right now. And wow. for me, the appreciation of giving yourself time to say, here's information, do what you will with it, didn't yeah. sell me anything. Yeah. But but that sells him as a person to say, when mm -hmm. when I want, when I'm ready, when I want something, I want to go back to that person. But yeah. the financial advisors here. They will sell you a death policy, yeah. a death, another funeral yeah. cover, and, mm. and come on, guys, mm. we can do mm. better than that as financial advisors. Thank you for that, Tiri. No, I so agree with what you've just said, Mizo, because like um, we often, just what you said about hearing things from a brown person. So, Tiri, I've been looking at the citizenship and everything for like two years now. Two years. Right? Mm. And I'm just thinking, as you're talking about all this and the cost of everything, I was like, you know what? I could have just sorted myself out in 2019 already. I know. But because, like, what I was hearing was sounding so complicated, <laughs> I couldn't hear it. And also, not only that, when I'm deeply honest, it's like Mizo is saying, it's like what I was hearing was from white people. And yeah. I just, in my head, I don't think I quite believed what I was thinking was possible. Exactly. So I'd always come back to Mizo, we unpack, I go back, I get scared. I'm like, oh, this sounds like too much work. Whereas now when you talk about it, for some reason, I'm like, of course, this is possible. Why? Because it's possible for another brown person. So I yeah. know it's possible for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, like as I'm listening now, I'm like, okay, honestly, representation is the key to everything. I'm not just saying it because honestly, I could have sorted out all that citizenship stuff two years ago, but now I know, okay, there's a roadmap, there's theory, I can go ask questions, I can work with him to make all this happen. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you used a, used a, a key word there, roadmap. You know, one, mm -hmm. of, one of my mentors, um, Steve Brooks, mm. he always talks about giving your clients a, a roadmap right mm -hmm. um you know, a gps allows you you know if you got a gps in your car it tells you to go this direction but if you make another turn it'll still recalculate and give you an idea of where right. 
of where you want to go. And I think, you know, I think as financial advisors, as wealth managers, that's really where we are. That's really who we're supposed to be. Right? We're just, you know, we're just um, a person's like helping people create a wealth roadmap and giving them the knowledge because, you know, it's, it's the gift that keeps giving because for me, right. It's something I tell my clients quite a lot. For me, the biggest dividend that I, I plan to have in my career is for your child to be my client, right? Yay! That's 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 <laughs> literally the biggest you know thing because you know I, I fantasize about being this family's that I'm known as this family's financial advisor, wealth advisor, oh. or that family's wealth advisor. You know, that's really the gift that keeps giving. So, you know, when you, you know, every, everybody that becomes a client, I'm like, Hey, I'm the guy you're going to invite to the dinner table. So, you know, we're going to become a family because that's what, that's what it's about. Right. Well, Uh, if someone's handling your money, they have to know (laughs) everything about it. No way. Like even my financial advisor knows that, like you gotta know everything because I mean, my money affects everything. Right. Yeah. 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 Woo. Yes, Ben. Oh, it's your what question now. It? Oh, it's my question. <laughs> what do you, <laughs> Thierry, when you look back at your life, at your mm-hmm. short or long life, what do you wish you had known or done before embarking on your investment journey? Are there any regrets? Are there uh, any things you could have done better? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So I, I definitely wish I was a lot. I, I was a lot less, um, I was too confident in myself. So when I started as a financial advisor, right, I invested uh, early into stocks and stuff, right? Right. Uh, but I was too confident in my own ability, which led to me, I grew my own portfolio. And right. I remember I bought my first car and I bought my first car by cashing out my my stocks and investments. Oh. And, and when I look back, if I hadn't sold my Don't stocks stop. and investments, <gasps> hey, I like I bought I bought Facebook stocks when they no first way started. no way yes I bought Facebook stocks and I remember buying them at thirty five and I don't have any Facebook stocks right now. <laughs> I know. So, but you know, it was this kind of thing, you know, I was young and most of my clients were in their forties. I was in my twenties. I'm like, I got time. I'll make it up. But I know (laughs) that's awesome though. That's such a good one to share. It's very funny. Oh my gosh. That is huge. And and, this is incredible. And and also to be, to be, you know, perfect. I think, I think the fraternity of wealth managers will, probably hate me saying this but also being a wealth manager you know you you can't people do come to you with business ideas and and things that they're going into so i remember 2011 uh a person came to me talking to me about bitcoin and you know i was like i don't know anything about bitcoin and i just you know you know put my blinders on but even if i had put like 500 bucks you know, into Bitcoin in 2011. I'll let the listeners do the math because you can look at what Bitcoin was like this time in 2011, if I put 500 US. So, so yeah, those, I think those are the two key. And I remember that guy, I rem- and, and, you know, I, I forget his name, but I think he's somewhere out there like 
retired if he never sold because i remember him showing me that he had a thousand bitcoins and he was he came to me asking if the bank would give him a loan based on his bitcoin based on that yeah and i'm like and i'm like ah, i don't think you're gonna get a loan and it's only a thousand bitcoins you know it's not worth it <laughs> and oh, i hope i hope gosh. i hope wherever he is i hope he held on to them and because hey he's he's living the lap of luxury right now if you had held on to them awesome. oh my awesome. goodness this is yeah. so this is gold <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> So that's why that's why I even have a, a financial advisor, wealth manager now to to help me with my own biases because you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I hear you, Thierry. So, um, what do you think you still need to learn, especially in the property, international property investing sphere? Thanks. Yeah. Um, hmm, that's that's a very very good question. I think the main thing I need to learn is um, truly, truly assessing um, the opportunity itself. Mm. Um, because, you know, the, you know, everybody knows this about investing. When you start hearing about an investment, the opportunity to really, really make money has pos- potentially already come and gone. Now you're coming in and you're buying at the tail end because people have have gone in and and you know i i, I really quiz a lot of people who do a property developers into things that they look at because you always there are always these markets and all these opportunities that that come up before you hear about them on bbc or cnn and so so that's that's the main thing truly truly taking time to assess um potential property opportunities you know the best time to buy property in london was like 30 years ago you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we weren't alive. We weren't <laughs> old enough at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even. Hey, yeah. Terry. So, what what resource, what wealth or property wealth resource do you want to share with our listeners? It can be a podcast or a regular YouTube that you go to. Um, I know you've shared a book. And um, mm-hmm. what? What what resource would you like our listeners to listen to this podcast and run to? That uh, yeah, I recommend a good website is globalresidential.com um, because they assess property markets all around the world and they'll sh- tell you rental yield and there's different property um, analysts that make comments and right. then also and then also Knight Frank Knight Frank um, I subscribe to their podcast I subscribe to their newsletter. Because they also look at it, they look at property from a wealth perspective, they look at property from a residential trends perspective, from an investment perspective, and you get to understand, you know, how the demographics are, are, are shifting. Um, so, so yeah, those are the two uh, websites that are. Oh, what's the name of the uh, last Night resource? Frank. Night Sorry? Frank. Night Frank. Night Frank. Yeah, K-N-I-G-H-T, Frank. Okay, so thank you so much, Diri. My final question is to ask, um, 
how do what was your intention of coming on the podcast what are you hoping to get and you can say i want more clients i want people i want to help more people get properties internationally just really ask for what it is that you want and then tell us how people can contact and you get involved um my biggest my biggest biggest i think i try to say this even if you've attended one of my webinars have a natural curiosity for for anything that you're getting into right mm -hmm. i try to read as much just to pique people's interest um because that natural curiosity will help you unravel a lot of things and, and will help you you know and see things that are very very different um and i also came to learn um because i even remember the first time i i, I got to know of Miranda, she was in my seminars and she was asking me these questions. And I'm like, who is this person? How does she know all of this stuff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and so it, 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 it's, it's really just to pique that interest. And then for, for myself, it's really, you know, obviously uh, what helps me feed my family is obviously the international property that I actually do, which is, you know, in, in, in UK, Mauritius and, and in France. Uh, and so anybody who definitely wants to, to 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 learn more and, and get into that that's what we do but like i said i believe this has got a very trickle down effect i think if every african um starts getting that natural curiosity to see outside the environment it only helps mm -hmm. right it only helps and uh yeah that's 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 really what i'd say i i, I wanted to get out of uh, coming to speak to you two powerhouses today thank you <sighs> Thank you. And how we do people you. get hold of you? Thank you, Tiri. But how do people get hold of you? I know people are just waiting for your contact details now. You've opened <laughs> up our eyes. So, so the, the, the easiest is obviously uh, WhatsApp. Um, mm -hmm. So my WhatsApp number is plus two six three uh, seven seven four eight zero seven two seven zero. Um, you can also Please repeat find that again. You whisked past that. Okay. <laughs> It's uh, plus two six three, yes. uh, seven seven four mm -hmm. eight zero, uh, seven two seven zero. Seven two seven zero. Fantastic. Yes. And then LinkedIn is the the social media platform that I I, I like using the okay. the most because I find that especially when it comes to wealth, people are not as distracted with uh, on LinkedIn as as Instagram. I can't compete with sports and and and, uh, and fitness and sure. and sure. stuff on instagram so you know linkedin is a lot easier <laughs> awesome. do they just look for tiritoga gambe yes tiritoga mm -hmm. gambe on linkedin and just Absolutely. send a message or connect okay cool yeah awesome tiri you've been a blessing you've been a blessing to africa you've been a blessing to to our podcast listeners who thought their wealth just goes as far as buying the township township property mm -hmm. yes it's gonna set you up but there's a reverse engineering thing that you can do so thank yes. you again for coming no thank, thank you, you so much so for having much, me Kiri. yes it's <laughs> been such a pleasure thank you property magicians thank you Mizo. we'll see all of you guys next week thank you for listening property magicians my name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, 
contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey. Thank you.